0: Today, we'll be discussing one of the biggest game changers that you can implement into your life right now to radically increase your fulfillment. Today's show is all about the life-changing magic of outsourcing.
1: Welcome to the Mastering Fulfillment Podcast, where we focus on bridging success with fulfillment in your personal, business, and spiritual life. And now your hosts, Scott Barry and Joshua Wenner.
2: So as Scott mentioned on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about strategic outsourcing. And we're really excited for this episode. I'm actually really, really excited myself because how this all came about is uh, I've been taking on a lot of projects, sometimes more than I can handle or feel like I can handle. And I was in this conversation, I'd reached out to Scott uh, to just pick his brain a little bit, say, man, I have this choice or I have that choice. And I'm trying to figure out which one to take. And, And he said, well, have you thought about doing all of them and bringing on a personal assistant to help take some of the load off? And we got into a really interesting conversation about how Scott had brought in a personal assistant and how much easier it made his life. And he said, well, I actually, my wife has been just crushing this personal assistant game. And I learned initially from her. So we thought it'd be really cool if we brought her on the podcast and that way we could pick her brain and we could all have a conversation because I'm right in the middle of it myself where I'm about to go through it and I'm starting to kind of piece it to how I would even make this happen. And, you know, I'm excited because Scott's now doing it and Michelle's been doing it for a long time. So we're excited today to have uh, Michelle on the podcast with Scott's wife so that we can ask her a ton of questions, pick her brain, and really figure out how to implement a personal assistant into your life. So welcome, Michelle.
1: Thank you, guys. Really wonderful to be here
2: yeah so uh, you know just to kind of kick it off I, I you know just to leave this in you know going into it, I think as a a lot of people out there are entrepreneurs or they're in corporate or they're just busy in general and I think when you first start thinking about how do I even navigate this landscape like how would I bring a personal assistant into my life um, I would just be curious like because I know for me at first I got really excited like wow, I can totally see how somebody could take a huge load off of me and then another part of me came in that went where would you even find time <laughs> like where are you going to find time to even create the space to train somebody so i guess in my initial kind of questioning to you is i'm really curious like one how it shifted your life from like before to after and i think i think for me understanding the things that have been taken off your plate and that free time that you freed off may be the leverage that i need that supportive to to put in the time the extra time uh, to train somebody. And I guess then my second question would be, is it as much time as I'm thinking to train somebody to get them up to date or or what's your thoughts around that? So let's start off first, like, where were you at before? Just to understand how you got into a personal assistant and how did you make space to bring them in and what now do they take care of? Just so like your your entry onto it and what, what your personal assistant does now.
1: Sure. Yeah, so it's a wonderful topic. I am definitely obsessed with outsourcing now and uh, and love to answer those two questions for you. You know, it actually started when I read The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. And I was just in awe of the information that he shared in that book. And I thought, oh, my gosh, if, you know, certainly idealistic to be able to get down to a four hour work week. But at the time I was working for IBM, I was working crazy hours, probably 70 to 80 hours a week. And I would be on conference calls back to back throughout the day. And then sometimes I'd have to hop on calls in the middle of the night because we would be working with our support staff in India. So one o'clock in the morning, I'd be on this critical situation call, right? So working around the clock. And when I read that book, I thought, wow, could I really leverage this and and bring on a personal assistant into my own life? And I kind of went through some of the, you know, some questions of, well, one, do I have the time to onboard them, to to find someone, to train them? And then two, do I have, you know, really enough budget for it? So I just, I saw, I read so many testimonials and uh, about with corporate people or entrepreneur people of how great this could be and essentially being able to earn more, work less, and spend more time doing the things that you really wanted to do, or that I really wanted to do. So for me, that was spending more time with my loved ones, having more time to travel, having more vacation time. And so, you know, Josh, I would recommend, right? It's it's looking at what are the things that are most important to you, which I know your whole podcast with Josh or with Scott is is so focused on, right? What really brings you fulfillment? So. I thought, maybe I'll just test the waters a little bit, and I'll bring on someone um, with project, you know, on a project basis. So, I actually had outsourced this project to um, E-Lance. It was called e at the time, and it's now called Upwork. And I can share with you some of the tools that I use as well that have just been game changers for me Um And through the project, I actually got introduced to a woman who had her own personal assistant business. It was called Day-to-Day Assistant. And I, you know, she did an amazing job on this project that I had with her. And so I started to give her more projects. And so it was more project-based versus having her as a full-time assistant at that time. And she just ended up doing such a great job that I asked her, would you be willing to come on board and work with me on a more regular basis and be my dedicated personal assistant? And uh, and she said yes. So it was we really collaborated together on looking at all these buckets, basically each significant area of my life, right? So we looked at career, we looked at health, we looked at finances, we looked at my travel planning and contribution and education. We looked at all these different buckets and she helped me with both personal and business type of tasks. And we just looked at, okay, what are the things, what are my goals in all of these areas And what are the task lists that I have, you know, kind of like your action plan associated with all of these goals. And then we looked at that action plan and I said, what are the things I don't love to do here? And what can I just outsource? So, I mean, it basically got to the point and where I've probably had a personal assistant, let's see, for about, I want to say 10 years now.
0: It sounds like she went from doing task-based projects to becoming more of an ongoing personal assistant uh, fairly quickly.
1: Yeah, it was pretty quickly. Um especially because after I'd read the 4-hour work week book, I was just I was so intrigued by all of this. Um but the project was a uh, it was a corporate based project. And I was attending an event for the most innovative CIOs. And I had this list of all these CIOs in Southern California. And I sent it to her as a project and said, can you do some research on all of these CIOs who are going to be in attendance at the event, as well as those who are nominated, do some background G2 on them, find out. Um, you know, what, why it was that they were nominated, who they, which companies they work for, and, um, and basically getting some information so that I could, and get their email addresses so that I could actually send a pre-email to them saying, congratulations on your nomination, mention something personal of why they were nominated, if it was for some big innovative project that they had done, and, then plant the seed for an opportunity to hopefully meet them in person at this event and congratulate them. And then she did a whole follow-up with them afterwards as well. So she was just really great as an investor. At the time, it was really difficult to find email addresses and get this. We didn't have LinkedIn. And so she was able to do a lot of that research for me. And so she just did such a great job. Then I started giving her other projects. But it was work-based at first.
0: Well, it's a fantastic example. And so real quick question, going back to that example, you obviously had your assistant do research for you, set up these meetings, uh, tee up these emails for you for the potential connections that you were possibly going to meet with these these CIOs. And she was obviously able to do a lot of that remotely, all that research and whatnot. Um, I guess my question to you is, how critical do you think a personal assistant is on average to you to have someone that's virtual versus someone that, um, you know, you have that is maybe in the same city that, that you need to have like a physical uh, presence with?
1: Yeah, so she was uh, remote. She was actually in Florida, and my assistant today is located in Denver. So, I've always had virtual assistants. They'll sometimes coordinate, let's say I need local assistance with something. Let's say I need someone to assemble something here locally. Then she'll do that coordination and work with maybe, you know, a task rabbit or a Thumbtack or other, um, uh, you know, systems like that. But she, um, both of my assistants in the past have been um, remote.
0: Oh, that's great. So, as a quick experience, share you know, I've been watching you have a personal assistance and I've seen all the amazing benefits that you have really received from having this type of help. And even though I've been doing one off projects here or there, some database entry or help me build my website or whatever it happened to be, I've always cognitively knew about all of the amazing benefits and I knew having a lot of these items taken off my plate just would be would be such a blessing for me. And I think what almost keeps me stuck or had kept me stuck in the past was really getting over that initial hump. And and for me and, and I would believe a lot of people that are kind of looking to go down this road and, and Josh maybe you can chime in a little bit later on on your process as well is that As I started to really think about this whole idea of bringing someone on, in the beginning, I also know that if, you know, look, if there's a project that's going to take me three hours, that in order for me to, you know, basically write this down create the uh standards and procedures and really teach someone how to do this it's going to take me a lot longer and so the initial time investment is going to be much greater and i'm actually going to be working a lot harder and i keep thinking very um single-minded short-minded in the fact that wow It almost feels so overwhelming in the beginning, and I'm actually going to be working sometimes twice as hard because there's, you know, someone else you got to be accountable for, stuff you kind of do automatically, not even thinking about it. You're going to have to not only write those things down, but also work with someone to really get them up to speed and to also be okay with them, um, you know, messing up and maybe not doing it the same way you do it or doing it in a different light. So I know for me, that was one of the biggest things was just uh, knowing and letting go of the the, the, the time restraint of the effort that I, that I knew I had to put in. Like it was an investment and it was a little overwhelming for me in the beginning. And so my question to you, Michelle, is You know, since you have been kind of my guidepost and really showing me like, look, this, this is really beneficial. If you just stick it through, what kept you going? You know, and at what point did you say, look, I'm going to put in this time and I'm going to put in the extra effort and I'm going to put in the investment to really see this through. Like what really, you know, kind of kept you going or what was your process through all that?
1: Yeah, that's such a great question, and I think it's probably the toughest part of bringing on resources like this and like a personal assistant is the upfront investment in time that you do need to make will certainly have – A ton of reward on the back end, but it's hard to know or see that until you've had a little bit of time and a little bit of experience with it. So I can understand the the apprehension or the hesitation, right? And how do I carve out enough time to really get her trained? And look, and sometimes you're going to have a couple of bad eggs, right? And the first personal assistant that you choose may not end up being the right one, but... The perseverance is, is super important, and just the long-term uh, value can be tremendous. So, it's it's hard for me to look back. I mean, I can talk about how the process I went through, it's just the benefit that I've experienced now, and if I share maybe some examples of some of the things that she takes off of my plate and handles for me, it's probably going to become so obvious of where that value is so you know i think my recommendation would be is just to dedicate some time what her and i do is initially for the upfront training there was we would do kind of that screen share process we would do a little bit of video conferencing we i'd show her my different systems um, and we'd go through some of that training and, and it was you know it really deserved quite a bit of time in a one-week period, and then we still, um, and I would recommend always doing this, is always having a dedicated call once a week. I don't think you'd need to have it more than that, but it just sort of depends on whatever cadence works for you. Uh, But usually on Monday mornings to kick off the week is when her and I will Usually about ninety minutes is when we'll, you know, we'll have a call and we'll go through a priority checklist, basically. And we've created that over time. It's just a Google Doc that we collaborate with and share. Um, you know, all the priority tasks, and we have them categorized by some of those areas I had mentioned earlier: health, wealth, you know, finance, etc. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting to get that workflow. It's really important to make that investment upfront, but. You know, I can share with you a couple of examples of some of the things that she does that have saved me so much time, so much stress. You know, a work example um, is PowerPoint presentations. I used to bust my butt on PowerPoint presentations. I would work sometimes till 2 or 3 in the morning on creating them or finishing them for a business meeting the next day, and it you know it always was left to the last minute and i never i never do my powerpoints anymore i never do the design i create the content i just send it over to her and she puts the whole thing together and it's always done in advance i always have time to review it with my team before we're going to present in front of the customer and that was just a huge thing that she took off of my plate um, you know, another one that was super important is uh, corporate expenses. So Josh, I know you've done both the, the you've, you're an entrepreneur and you've been in corporate and I mean, corporate expenses for traveling and other expenses, I used to, I mean, they would my receipts would build up over months and it would take me usually a full weekend where I would have to go through and put my expenses into a system. And probably in the last 10 years, I have not, Ever logged back on into that system. She handles all of that for me. So as soon as I have a receipt, I send it over to her and she puts all the corporate expense reports together and submits them on my behalf. Um, wow. Huge, huge time saver. <clears throat> the other one is CRM. So, you know, a lot of us in corporate and actually in entrepreneurs too use customer relationship management systems. So, uh, my experience is mostly using salesforce.com. And she is a Salesforce guru. She is a wizard at it. And she always manages all of my sales deals from start to finish. And yeah, I'd go on a sales call, I would send my notes quickly over to her handwritten notes, she would type them up, she'd submit them into the system. And then she would Um, you know, basically manage where those deals were in the sales cycle. And she would do all the reporting, my forecast reports that had to be sent weekly to management. She would do all of that for me within, um, you know, within the Salesforce system. So another huge time saver.
0: Like Michelle, I'm also trying to utilize my assistants in a way where his or her skill sets complement the skill sets where I am actually lacking. Uh, I kind of have this. I, I I don't know if it's this genetic tendency or where I got it, but when it comes to writing, for whatever reason, I feel like my mind processes information so much faster than I can write it. So I have this really interesting tendency to leave out words or skip words or things of that nature. And this is where utilizing my system is such a godsend because God, for whatever reason, I have these brilliant thoughts (laughs) up on the top of my head, (laughs) but for whatever reason, they're just not coming through my writing. So I'm there with you. (laughs) Right. You know, it's weird. It almost took me, to get into the hindsight mode of actually going through the process just to realize just how valuable it is for someone to actually help oversee some of my kind of quote unquote shortcomings or just maybe the areas I'm just not as strong at in order to realize just how absolutely valuable it was. And so that kind of leads me into the next question for you, Michelle is You know, I've always known just how beneficial that this could actually be having an assistant, having somebody help me. But again, that's more on a conceptual level. And I think what is the most debilitating is just that whole thought process of getting over the hump and the time constraints and, you know letting go of control and all of those factors. So, you know, what are some of your suggestions to get someone over the hump, whether they're an entrepreneur or a freelancer or work in corporate or whatever it happens to be, how does someone take those first steps to really start to, you know, move into this direction?
1: Yeah, great question. So there are a couple things on that. I would say the first step would be to figure out what's the value of your time. So, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're in corporate, right? You take the total money earned, let's say you take 2017, right? And you divide that by the number of hours that you worked in that year. Um, And then, you know, look at what your hourly earnings is, And so, there's a guiding rule in the outsourcing world that if you can pay someone else an hourly rate of less than your value, then you should not be doing it yourself. Now, I kind of break this rule a little bit because if it's something I love to do, then I will, I really will take a serious look at it. If it's something I really love to do and I really want to do that, then I will do it. But if it's, it's not, it's something that's, Basically, I could outsource for less than what my value, my hourly value is, and I don't love to do it, or it's just an okay thing to do, then I'll totally outsource that. So I think it's really important to take a look at that and try to follow a little bit of a rule for yourself. And, you know, start with the low-value tasks. So if you're concerned, like you mentioned about some of these high value tasks that you're a little bit nervous of outsourcing uh, right away, then I would say, take a phased approach with it. Start with just some low value tasks that, um, you know, if something went wrong, or if he or she did something that um, put, you know, did something that would jeopardize a relationship or a client, then maybe start with something a little bit lower risk. And then you can test it out, right? You're, you're going to want to Um, When you bring on an assistant, it's really good to do it as a trial basis at first. So then, you know, in terms of figuring out the tasks, you know, I did this exercise, which may be helpful, and uh, which just get a, you just get a journal, and it can be a little bit intense at first, but take a look at your text messages throughout the day. You know, take an inventory of all the conversations that you had that day, or like the conversations that happened around you, and then take a look at your, your work emails um, or even your personal emails, right? Take a look at what were the topics, what were they about, maybe phone conversations, what were they about, and then journal about them. And you can take a look at some of the information that's shared, like maybe you do it over a week period of time but you can learn a lot about yourself in terms of what are the tasks that you're that you're actually doing throughout the week and then take a different look at them a more prescriptive look at them and go okay what could i outsource and even for example if you just created a let's say you every morning if you create a to- or you're looking at your to-do list and maybe it's a little bit of leftover from the day before right but maybe you have a, a running to-do list Take a look at that every single morning and go, what of these to-dos could I outsource? And maybe they are more low value at first until you build up more trust with your assistant or whomever you that resource that you have pulled in and you feel more comfortable then. I mean, I'm at a point where… My assistant knows probably more about me than I do. <laughs> She's got every password. She does all my bookkeeping. She does manages my four hundred and one ks. She does. You know, we've just we've established such a trust that um, you know she does all of that for me. But that does take time to build that up. So
2: that's that's really interesting to me. So you do you do a lot of personal like? Does she? Because one of the things I was thinking is I'm running like four projects simultaneously. And sometimes it just gets a little overwhelming. I almost feel like somebody would need to kind of be really in my, kind of my personal life. So you have her like have access to all your emails, like checking emails for you?
1: Yeah, I do. She, she actually, now the one benefit of having a female assistant is that she can basically be like me. So I never, deal with any kind of customer service anymore. So just as an example, right? Like I will never wait on hold ever again. So she she deals with my cell phone bills, my utilities, internet bills. That's the most wasted time ever if you think about if you spent even 15 minutes on hold and sure we can multitask but you know it's just becoming more and more evident that single tasking and being more focused is, it, it, you know, it's, it's more productive. So, yeah, she will handle that for me. If I've got to transfer a 401k from one place to another, she will get on the phone, deal with all of that. Um, she will deal with all of that for me. So, she can almost act as if she is me. So, it's one benefit of having the same sex, right? So,
0: I think a lot of this goes back to what Michelle alluded to earlier, Which is looking back on your tasks and taking an inventory of it. You know, what are the type of tasks that you're going to be having your assistant do for you? And that'll start to dictate how time responsive they need to be, right? Whether it's uh, customer service, you know, maybe that's real time customer service where they're calling or they're managing the chat box. On your website, that's a real time, real live type of activity. So having them, you know, within a few hours of your time, you know, your time frame is going to be pretty critical. As opposed to someone who is maybe reaching out, doing emails or doing project based stuff, data entry. You know, all of that is not quite as time sensitive. You know, or do you need someone who is actually going to be physically? Around you, right? Maybe you, you know, like what Josh is doing these workshops. Maybe you need someone that's going to actually be there to hand out forms or to, you know, uh, do something in person, right? So all of that's going to type, of, all of that's going to dictate the type of person and the type of responsibility that you're going to need personally. I mostly need someone who is in the same time zone. And for those other times that I need just project-based work that may be below her threshold or her payroll, and then I'll have her maybe hire someone from the Philippines or India, and then I'll have her manage that. I'll just kind of give her the guide points and the certain items to do. And then from there, I don't care whether it's done within a few hours. I just want it done within a few days.
1: Yeah, I think that if... Maybe it goes also back to something that Josh had asked about, right? I w- you know, having someone in your office, in person, or in your home office, whatever that looks like for you, is certainly an ideal situation, right? Um, and But when you're first starting out, it can be – it just – it can really be helpful to just get your feet wet and start with a virtual assistant. And so I, I do think, yes, time zones are a big consideration. If you're doing some big project though, it's a data entry project, then having someone based in India for $4 an hour is perfect, right? Um, however, for other things, like you said, Scott, if you need more collaboration and interaction in real time, then it's better to to be considerate of the, of the time difference. But, it, you know, you could look at maybe starting with a virtual assistant before having a face-to-face assistant. And there's just so much that, that I was even surprised by that a virtual assistant could do. I mean, I even one example, I hate to admit this, but traffic school, like I had, gosh, I mean, I think it was, it was at least eight hours of an online traffic school, right. That I had to do and I outsourced it to my that's assistant, great. and she just got that finished. Right, so are just, <laughs> like I wouldn't even have thought of that at the time. But every time something comes up, then I go, "Oh wow, could I could I use her for this?" And that's something perfect for a virtual assistant. You don't need to have someone right there in your office.
2: So I love that. That's so. It sounds like part of your strategy is you've trained yourself to ask almost instead of react. I got to get this done, and I think in a busy environment, especially in a high achievement, I know everybody on this calls high achievers. The tendency is to push, 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 and to get it done fast, like execute. And it sounds like you've trained yourself to think through the process of, can I do this or can somebody else? And kind of like they use that metaphor of, you know, if I had to win an, an act or a tree cutting competition, I'd spend half the time sharpening my ax.
1: Mm-hmm. In a sense,
2: it's kind of like you're thinking strategically, is this something I should do or somebody else? And then you're also thinking strategically some things you can just say, Hey, Hey, take the course, for example, once you build enough rapport and and things like that. And other things you're like, I'm really going to need to invest X number of hours to get this trained up. I'm going to need to check in to make sure it's getting done right uh, and then follow through. But overall, I'll have that whole thing off my plate. Um, So I guess one of the questions that I have is is in doing so, like when you're initially – kind of building that map, you said your process was you looked at different buckets and then you kind of started categorizing the different buckets and saying, okay, in these different areas, here's what would be helpful. And even just asking the question throughout the day, can this be outsourced? Can it not be outsourced? Um, looking through text messages, looking through emails, let's say you're like, okay, these X number of tasks, I think I can outsource what's, and then what's your next step is your next step of, you know, cause there's so many agencies now that, and I think Scott, you were alluding to this that say, oh, we'll find your personal assistant. I think then it even gets a little confusing. Like, where do I go, right? Like, there's so many places to go to find a personal assistant. I'm curious if you used any of the, a lot of the ones overseas, try try to say they make it really easy. Scott, you reference, you know, in-state. I've used a lot of the services Upwork for a lot of, like, one-off tasks. I'm really good at that. But the whole personal, like, having somebody ongoing, I'm really excited about. But it can seem really kind of overwhelming. So what's been your process on, Uh, Maybe this is to both of you guys finding somebody um, locally or in state, let's call it in the United States versus the international ones. What's been your process of finding? And then what do you start with like one project? Let's test this out before you invest all the time to train them up. Or what's, what's kind of the onboarding now that you know, let's say you say, okay, I find the value. I'm ready to do this. I see X number of tasks I can do. What's the next step?
1: Yeah. Maybe Scott, do you want to share with, Josh how you were able to find your personal assistant and just kind of how you know my, my assistant was involved in that process
0: absolutely having that help was pretty paramount just getting past that first stage you know it's that first hump it's that first step really in almost any type of decent sized project goal or intention you know they always say the first step is the hardest and so to have that was such a blessing and you know, she was such a godsend in in terms of being able to write the job description with my input and vet out the top three candidates. And all I had to do at that point was really choose the one I wanted. And then from there, it was really setting up all the standards and procedures, right? Stand, uh, starting all the boilerplate stuff up to really get her started and get her onboarded, if you will, right? And that included the the financial t- the forms like the 1099s and getting her set up with an email address and you know just all of the basics. But what we did in the very beginning is we created a spreadsheet, if you will, and we used a lot of Google Docs, Sheets, things of that nature for collaboration. But it's this task sheet, and on the task sheet, I would have the priorities. It would be low, medium, and high, and then, you know, when they're possibly due, the tasks, and then some comments and notes. And then from there, that was the basics, you know, I'm sorry, that was the basic kind of premise and platform and foundation. And then from there, I would just start to build all of these other little things. And so what's really nice is that no matter what happens now with my assistant is the fact that I have kind of a structure, if you will, a plug and play structure in order to bring someone else on. And I think that's the biggest benefit uh, more than anything else is the fact that now if I was to do this over again, it'd be a lot easier for me and it wouldn't be quite as intimidating and, and overwhelming. And so for the benefit for everyone out there listening, question for you, Michelle, where would you suggest someone go to start this process?
1: You know, in my case, because I was able to find my initial assistant through Elance Lance was very helpful. Um, I I do believe that there are many freelance personal assistants who have multiple customers, right, who are working on those types of platforms. So, uh, you know, even Fiverr, right, is another one. Um, And then Upwork we talked about. So, uh, you know, and even Craigslist, I think Craigslist Mm. is a, it's been a phenomenal friend to me. So, uh, you know, we have you know i know in your case scott it was it was a benefit because what we were able to do is use my assistant who had lots of experience and she helped to write a job description that was very specific um incorporated some of you know what your requirements were what your budget was and then put um, an actual ad together and I think that there's some, you know, there's obviously some key things that you'd want to look for. It has to be personalized to what your needs are. And then she did help to vet through the the applications, right? And we basically said, okay, here's some keywords and some things to look for and and then was able to vet through those and choose the top 3 and then you got to interview those those top 3. So um you know, going online and looking up virtual assistant, there is a whole host of different uh, offerings and tools and companies. And I think just looking there first and testing out a few project base based things is the best way. Is the best way to start. And and I will say, with my assistant, you know, I've heard some stories from others where their personal assistants ended up wanting to. Um, become, uh, you know, bigger parts of the business. And while in some cases that can be awesome, right? Let's say maybe they end up becoming part of your sales team or part of your, I actually consider my assistant part of my marketing team. She does most of my campaigns and manages all my email, my um, email contacts and so forth. But um, what's nice about her is that she she doesn't have any other clients. Um, I'm her only customer at this time she has three children. She really wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And the three assistants I've had over my career had, have all been stay-at-home moms. One of My first one was actually the executive assistant at a lo- very large university in the United States for 17 years. And her son was, she was a single mom, ended up being a single mom, and she really wanted to be at home with her son to be able to spend more time with him take him to football practice and all he was into all these different things after school activities and she said my ability to be able to work virtually with you um, it still leverages and uses all my skills that I've built up over these years but then I have the freedom as well to be able to to spend basically kind of manage my time the way I want." So. While we're kind of, I mean, my assistant now, I'll keep her at, you know, midnight, one o'clock in the morning. I mean, it's kind of all hours, mm-hmm. um, but if she needs to take her daughter to ballet practice at three o'clock in the afternoon, then she's totally able to do that. So it's a, it's such a win-win situation. So I, I'd make sure to really learn a lot about the life of your, um, the people who you're interviewing as well, to ensure that it really lines up with, with what you're trying to accomplish too. That's um, that's
2: so, yeah. oh go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, that's really helpful. I think that's more what I was looking for is like and I, I appreciate, you know, offering offering, you know, some support on this, but I think the, also just the persona, you know, like who's the person that you're looking for, I think is really helpful because that kind of goes against you looking for off. you know, you think some of these offshore things, it's like a bunch of people sitting in a in a warehouse somewhere is a totally different energy than Somebody at home who's been in the workforce who likes to get, I mean, I think even my mom, she likes to get stuff done. She likes to work, and she's really good at what she does. And she actually likes the office, but I can see uh, a man or a woman, somebody that's been really efficient in what they do, and then wants to wants the freedom to work remote, uh, could be a really good fit. Uh, one of the questions I had as far as, uh, like, I look at some, some of the things you've been saying, like, for example, my emails. I haven't sent out one email because it becomes low-priority. Uh, do they? Do you even have a personal system that writes your emails and, and creates it all, or do you write? You said something earlier where you kind of send her the content for the PowerPoint, and then she creates the rest. Do you? And then you mentioned a minute ago she she kind of oversees email. Does she also write some emails and things like that, or is it primarily a system structure, or is it also content?
1: Yeah, no. She she'll write content as well. So it depends. I have to give her you know some guidance around that. So. Let me see. Yeah, for example, with reaching out to C-suites, right, when doing IT sales, um, she would do the research, find out their email addresses, really research and, and um, figure out the personal information about them. And I would give her somewhat of a boilerplate, but then she would completely personalize it and then send it as if she were me to my prospective clients. And she... You know, we've worked with each other so many years that she understands my style, um, and so that just takes a little bit to work through, but I know she's done other marketing campaigns for me as well where I just give her some topics, and she's gone ahead and written the content. She'll write the draft, and then I will be able to edit it, but when someone sends you a draft and, you know, at least that part is completed, you're three-quarters of the way there, and that's been huge for email campaigns for me.
2: Yeah, So, so on that, on that note, like, so one question I'm thinking of is I do all this, these men's retreats and currently the process is it's a lot of me reaching out, having conversations, starting the conversation, scheduling, finding a time to talk. Like there's a lot of kind of back and forth to get to the phone conversation. So, you know, on a situation like that, is it something where they have access to your email and they're actually writing on behalf of you or is it something that they're writing to their own meal or their own email uh, having that dialogue or have you found one to be more effective? Cause I would think that, you know, coming directly from me, it's like, it feels a little bit more personal. And if somebody had access to my email to be like, Hey, you know, and, and also I guess, so one question is, it sounds like you write directly from you. And then another question is like, what about Facebook and some of these other social media accounts? Is that somebody could access that and actually write on your behalf as well?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a couple things on that with the social networks, she has definitely written posts for me, uh, and especially when I had my concierge company, she did a lot of my marketing. And then, it, you know, to be top of mind, we would we kind of established at the beginning of a of the year a different topics, and then she would go and and do some research. And then, as different things would come up, certain holidays like it's Valentine's Day coming up, or it's Romance Week, or it's uh, you know whatever whatever types of occasions, special occasions and holidays, and she would she would write a lot of the content. I would. Review that draft and make any polish it or make any final touches to it, and then she would go ahead and and post that. Um, and then some, but in some cases, she was initially writing those posts. Um, or there are posts that I will put together, and then I will send the information to her and say, "Okay, find these graphics. Um, you know, kind of pull this together in this way." And then she, I've never logged on to Hootsuite, and. She manages all of that and she'll go on a Hootsuite then and, and tie, you know, she'll program when things are supposed to be released at what time. Um, for your retreats we've done it both ways so I've had it where if I'm hosting or producing a large event she is brought in as my executive assistant and my, cust- my clients will have direct access with her with her email address and so they know her personal interaction with her because I, I'm more of the visionary and the business development and the sales and she, for my events she would do all the execution so making all the calls like for so for yours right if you're booking venues you need to hire a caterer you're doing, all of the stuff that is not your core competency per se, and you need to focus on building the curriculum and teaching the curriculum of your retreat, then anything else that could potentially be outsourced, um, I think that your customers would actually appreciate that you have an executive assistant who's doing that for you. Now, if it's something very personal where you know, they're, they're trying to make a decision. Do they do this retreat or not? Or what is the value that they're going to get from the retreat? Those types of things, unless you have built him or her up to be part of your kind of, I guess, business development team, or if then you may want to still do some of that work yourself, but if you can offload the other, the other stuff, that'll save you a lot of time.
0: This is such a great topic point. And from a personal share how I'm using my assistant is for items that require my personal voice. Meaning if it's something that feels like it's coming from what I have to say and what I have to share from a very personal level, that always comes from me. That is never outsourced. And I feel personally that If you have an audience or your clients or people that you're working with, that that really has to come from you because it comes from your heart and no one else can can really speak from that place. So given that, the question that I I always ask myself is, how do I utilize my assistant to help me get my voice out there more? And I've noticed that time and time and time again that I'll sit down to create a newsletter or put something in my task management to reach out to somebody to create an email or a blog post or wherever it happens to be, and it just doesn't get done, either because I just don't like to write or whatever the reason. There's something that's keeping me from doing it. And how I've been really utilizing my assistant is, so on all of the podcasts that we do, there's there's so much background work that we do. So we do long-form podcasts, and after they're done, We send them out to get edited, and then from there, all this other processing has to be done. It has to you know, be sent to iTunes, and it has to be sent to our website, and then my personal website, and then it creates a newsletter, and and, and all of that stuff, and all of that just takes a lot of work, and I've noticed that it would take me a long time just to get that set up, and so what I have my assistant do is she'll go and she'll post everything onto the website. She'll go and create the newsletter, and she'll kind of create maybe kind of like a broad structure of the email or a broad structure on what's on the website. And then now that I have that done and 80 to 90% of all the background work is done, all I have to do is go back and basically fill in what I want to say. And to me, that's just been a game changer because I don't have to think about, you know, again, the starting point, the first step is always the hardest. And when you already have something to modify and not have to create it's just that much easier. And then so when she says, oh, I, you know, have these things done for you. It's up for your review. All I have to really go in there is tweak and then I can get excited about actually, you know, doing the actual content. Then I give it back to her for her to proofread. And then from there, it just makes things so, so much easier and they get done so much faster. And the bigger point besides just being faster is the fact that it actually gets done. I can't tell you how many times that I've sat to do something or intended to do something and it just doesn't get done. And, you know, another great way to really utilize your assistant is because I'm kind of a creative thinker and I'm and I'm really, I move more into the strategy realm versus the operations realm is that I always get these hits of inspiration all the time. And a lot of times I'll, I'll get hit with this a thing of inspiration and then it kind of goes by the wayside or it gets logged in my task management system with a thousand other things. Whereas, you know, just to give you an example, me and Michelle watched this really great documentary the other day called uh, Expedition Happiness, I believe it was, about this couple who went around all of North America in this converted bus. And they really documented their whole experience about their desired lifestyle. And we watched it and we got hit with, wow. I really like what they're doing. I really like some of the messaging that they have to say. And I would really love for them to be a possible guest on the podcast. And so I left my assistant a voice note right then and there. Not even email, but a voice note because I work better with uh, voice than I do writing things down. And I said, hey, look, I'd really like to get these people on the show. Could you create something for me in order for us to do that? And by midday the next day, she had sent me a full email with a boilerplate outline on the letter that she was going to send them. And all I had to do was just tweak some of the writing and uh, give a little bit about our background information, some pictures, so it was very personal. But it was done and the amount of input that I had to do was pretty minimal and she took care of the rest of it. And so that's just some of the ways that I'm utilizing my personal assistant is to really have these things that are hits of inspiration and to act on them right away. Yeah, that
2: makes a lot of sense. And I think that's where, I think that's what I'm starting to realize is how much time I spend scheduling or tracking people down or, uh, you know, in the film I'm creating a GoFundMe page. And, you know, so a lot of times I run out of time and I just pick something because there's not even enough time to research adequately so I'm more just I find myself just in constant execution and I feel like uh, you know what I'm hearing from from a lot of the stories you guys are sharing is somebody could onboard a lot of that uh, could take off a lot of that stuff from me so I could be spec- you know focused on doing what I do best, which is great. Um, and yeah. it sounds like it sounds like a little bit of test like test the waters first and then slowly do a little bit more but it's funny after you after we've been talking about it because we started first talking about it a couple of weeks ago, it's like now my mind's like, oh, I've been just trying to stay at <laughs> the projects I'm doing. But then it got me thinking like, wow, there's all these other projects I haven't even been – like I could do so much more is where it got me thinking because I'm not even finished, – I'm not even caught up, if that makes sense, with a lot of my projects because it's always like just getting caught up and I could be driving um, a lot of other directions. So I think that's that's really the power. What, what would you say is something – are there other tools you guys use for tracking – uh, and I know we briefly spoke about the Scott, but I think it'd be helpful, like, you know, tracking time, tracking hours. You know, how do you do more logistics on payroll or are they paid as a consultant? You know, just some of the, you know, some of those things.
1: Yeah, so my assistant uses FreshBooks and it's it's actually very efficient, and built within it, there is a time tracker system, and I think it actually does a time recording when she's working at her desk, and if you know she'll manage it, um, you know when she, let's say she's getting on a call with AT and T right for a cell phone bill or something, and she'll be able to to record the time that she spends on a specific task. So, I don't go through it with a fine tooth and comb when she sends me my invoice, but uh, but down to the 15-minute increment is what she has it recorded as. and And we are still on an hourly basis, but we – it's – we have a set number of hours um, approximately that we do a week. Sometimes certain weeks are busier than others. And, um, and then I've budgeted, okay, what's that going to be for the year to have uh, my assistant? And, and I consider her full-time. She doesn't work 40 hours a week, but it's full-time to me. It's basically whenever, however I need her, she's, she's available. So um, yeah, FreshBooks is a really easy platform.
2: That's a you led into something else. So you start off with hourly. How do you decide on you know is there Christmas bonuses? Is there you know yearly upgrade? Is like is there an increase in that yearly rate? Like the hourly rate? How do, how does that flow work if you've had somebody for a period of time?
1: Yeah, I would say that you can probably use some of your intuition with this. What's worked for what's worked for us is, I mean, we've established such a trust over time and. Um, you know, I will randomly share bonuses with her. They're, th- you know, thank you bonuses. And, and, and pretty often, um, if there's a huge project or if it's something that made such a huge difference in my life that um, I'll share bonuses with her. You know, I know all of her children. I know their birthdays. I know her husband's birthday. So, I always share something with them. Um, so, I, I, Really care about what's going on for her and in her life, and um, and so we just kind of established. Um, I don't. Wouldn't say we have a certain rule of you know every year we there's a, a rate increase per. Hour, but you can you can go online though and see some of the averages, and it de- it really is dependent on location. So, like I said, you can do these huge data entry projects right for four or five dollars an hour from Indian resources, and then you know locally in San Francisco, you're probably going to pay the highest if you're working with a local personal assistant. So, it really depends on cost of living where they're living. You
2: know, I'm, I'm, I've been excited. I've actually even been like, maybe I should pull the, the trigger quicker than I was expecting. has <laughs> been one of them. Uh, just looking at some of the projects that I'm like, you know, working right now, I, uh, for where I'm at transparently, I'm doing seven days a week to just keep up with all the stuff that I have. So I think my biggest fear is like, how do I, um, you know, like how would I create the space to train somebody when I'm already doing seven days uh, in this, this window, and I think I would just have to make time. It's like anything else, you know, you just decide I'm doing seven days because I'm making time for other things. And I think it would be the same way of like just deciding, um, I've taken on these projects with the thought that I would have an assistant to help me. And at some point the, the workload would, I would get some of this time back. Um, and, um, so I think that's really what it's coming from. It just is like, I think I feel a little overwhelmed of like, wow, okay, how do I, how do I create space for it? And then at the same time, I'm really excited because I see the light at the end of the tunnel, which is the whole point of our podcast is I could have a fulfilled life and do all these projects and actually get my life back. So it's not an either or, but it's an and. Cool, I get to do all these and I get to have a a better quality of life. And I'm also going through, like, for example, my retreats, I'm realizing I'm going to have to change some of my pricing structure and I'm going to have to change a couple of things in order to create space for somebody to come in, which is also It's been a little uncomfortable getting here, but I'm already past that mark and excited. Like, okay, cool, this makes sense. I'm moving from a solopreneur, if you will, into more of a business, uh, which feels exciting as as well. Um, And I'm doing really fun, cool stuff. So the projects that I'm integrated in, that I'm driving are all fun. So I think the right person, so I think that's, I think it's more setting my sight on the right intention, the right person that could really get behind all the stuff that I'm doing. And I like, I think a little bit more how Michelle has her, personal assistant now, like fully integrated to our life would be my intention. Somebody that can like plug in all my stuff and really be kind of, a uh, helping me drive everything and slowly taking the weight off my shoulders of like, I mean, even the film, there's so many things I could be doing. I've, I've done a lot of, like I hired people to, um, I got hundreds of grant companies all focused on grief. Like I've done a lot of the pre-work and a lot of this, but you know, execution pieces, I could have somebody reaching out and I could have somebody, you know, so some of the things that I stall, I could have done. And I really liked what you guys said earlier. Some of my personal things like utility bills or insurance, like things like that I put off. And uh, so I could just get on top of a lot of that, which feels really good. So I'd say from an overall standpoint, I'm in, I'm excited. uh, And I think it's just finding a way to um, make it a must. And I was even thinking maybe initially, there'd be things that I just did a share screen, almost like a zoom and just say, let me just work with you, you know, almost like I'm going to put you on and I'm just going to share my screen with what I'm doing. So you start to see my flow. You start to see what I'm doing. You start to see like what's happening, you know?
1: Um, Yeah, that's great.
0: I'm in the same boat. I keep the items and tools that I use to, to a minimum, Beside the basics, such as uh, email, I use G Suite or Google Apps for work to get them set up. The other thing I use is a lot of the Google Suite. The Sheets, Google Docs, all of those are just fantastic for collaboration. And that seems to be enough for us. We use a lot of Skype. The one thing that uh, we don't use that much is Slack or Asana. I just haven't really seen a need for it personally. Uh, The one thing that I could suggest that has just been an absolute game changer is find a really good screen share recording app. So for any type of tasks that they're going to be doing on the computer. So I have my assistant help me process a lot of the podcasts and she'll do stuff for my website and there's a flow to that. And so instead of writing this complicated email, it's sometimes easier to see than just to read. And so I'll do a screencast where I'll literally just record myself doing that task with some type of narration on the top and I'll save it as a video, so she can go back and reference over and over again. That does two things. One, that allows her to have a reference point so she can see it as well as hear it through my own voice, but then she can go back to it again and again. And then the second thing that it does is now I have a boilerplate, right? So now I have something that if I needed to have somebody else do this, or if I get another assistant, that now I have this piece of, um, you know, this video this piece of content to help me in the future, which is really great. What other tools are you and your assistant utilizing, Michelle?
1: Um, We keep it pretty basic as well. We do use um, a Google spreadsheet um, through the G suite. And that's where we keep track of our priority tasks. And what we do is we divide the categories. Actually, we'll still then have a division of where the priority of those tasks. So whether it's a low priority, medium, priority, or high. And so we can go through, and then we have due dates associated with them as well. So she'll go through and make sure that she's dealing with the high priority tasks first. And then, of course, other things come up, right, at the last minute. And then you got to just switch gears and (laughs) focus on whatever is most pressing. Uh, And then when I send emails to her for uh, a task request or a resource request, if it's something that is a high priority or urgent, so whether so, if it's if it's normal priority, I won't put anything in the subject line. Um, if it is a high priority or if it's urgent, then I will actually write it as the first words in the in the subject line. I'll put high priority and then whatever the subject is, and then if it's urgent, meaning it's the most pressing, I'll put the word urgent. And then the rest. So we've gotten into a really good flow that way as well. So I think when she looks at her email, she'll go through and go, "Oh my God, is there anything urgent? I will deal with that first." And then she'll go to her the priority task list in Google, and she'll look at the high priorities and then work her way work her way through.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. And I think I'm still, again, in the, even the the beginning stages of I need to make time to write down almost like what Michelle had recommended in the beginning almost like journaling what I'm doing with my day. And I think adding this piece to it of what's priority, what's non-priority or what's priority, what's urgent. And that whole, that whole piece of it starts to help me at least understand what's going on and what, what ideally I need. Um, And I think, yeah, I mean, so in general, it sounds like in the beginning people, there is a lot of training, but are there there other sometimes where they can just figure things out as well?
1: Yeah, I think definitely once you get into a flow, right? And they start to get, um, more familiar with the types of, I, I know you guys did your, I think it was the last podcast you did on goals and fulfillment, right? So mm-hmm. you looked at big picture, right? The macro and you looked at the, 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 um, micro, in terms of the action plans associated with some of those bigger projects, so that personal assistant is going to start to really get to know you and uh, learn about what's your mission and what's your purpose and what is this um, you know business that you are building, and they'll start coming to you with recommendations and things that they're seeing. So
2: mm. that's great, and I really liked how you got in, into their life so much. That was really. I like that a lot. I think that's a guiding, that can be a guidepost for me because I care so much. I think thinking about somebody's life that I can really make a difference with, um, I think that feels really fulfilling Um, in itself is another, just, I'm just looking for reasons to override my, (laughs) my (laughs) mind that goes, oh man, this is a whole nother thing. It's like, nope, just keep overriding it, make a bigger, bigger list. You know, the positives way outweigh the negatives, you know? So I like that a lot.
1: Well, maybe we can do a quick update in six months or something right down the road on another podcast just to see, well, you know, how some of your testing went. Right? Again, you don't have to boil the ocean. You can just start to test, um, you know, having an assistant for a few different projects or areas and and then go from there. But it'd be fun to to hear about your experiences.
2: Yeah, that sounds great. I mean, I'm literally at the stage. I'm like, I just got to pull the trigger because um, I'm, I'm getting I feel like I'm drowning, if that makes sense. So I'm like, it's not going to get any better with what I just took on. So I'm like, (laughs) I'm looking at the reality of like, okay, it's time. And I I also, I'll just share one more piece. Something that's helped me is it's, it's really looking at like these things, like now that I'm really in my heart and I'm feeling, I'm able to feel that these are all in flow. And so I'm like, wow, okay, this is kind of a test to like, you know, there's a, there's a quote by, I think, you know, Mother Teresa. And it says, you know, God wouldn't give, give you anything you can't handle. I just wish she didn't trust me so much or he or she didn't trust me so much. And I feel like it's that kind of energy of like, wow, okay, how do I take this on? And I think what I'm hearing from both of you is a personal assistant allows you to probably be more effective at the projects you are taking on and it still allows you to, to breathe. Um, so I guess one thing I would like to know is what can you think of anything specifically that's brought you more fulfillment that you've been able to do with your time versus what you were spending it doing? And it may have been such a long time ago that you were doing it, that it, it's okay if it isn't. But I didn't know if there's, I mean, the honeymoon might've been in itself four months of traveling was awesome uh, that you guys both did. But if there's anything else that just comes to mind of like, oh man, I, I liked how you said the eight hours of DMV, what did you do instead? Or, you know, like if there's anything that jumps out at you, like, oh, wow, I took, I, I know you do some singing and produced an album. And, you know, so I think that might be beneficial of seeing you've been able to still achieve and drive at a high level. And it's not an or, right? A lot of people get conflicted of like, I have this passion and I love to go sing, but then I got this high corporate job or I got this entrepreneur project and they get in this either or place. And what I'm seeing from this is you can do and I can still drive this, you know, incredibly stressful job that I'm a high achiever in and I can create some of my passion. So curious, anything that you were able to create or any hobbies that you that you were able to dive into on either of your guys' side since adding a personal assistant to your calendar that's really allowed you to experience a deeper level of fulfillment in life from it.
1: Yeah, great question. Um, I probably do get this question quite often: is how do you do everything that you do? And so I know you mentioned music, and you know I love to sing. And producing a music album was probably one of the toughest things I've ever done but I would never have been able to do that without my assistant, right? I mean, she helped me then once to negotiate with iTunes and with CD Baby and run all of the kind of back-end logistics while I was focused on creating the core music. And she helped me with putting together the lyric books, build the website, do the album cover. Um, There were so many logistics around pulling that together and you know i was doing my corporate job at the same time so those you know i built a garden right Not, wasn't my assistant helping me with that but it was you know she found re- local resources who could help me with i had this vision i really wanted to have access to healthy food right here at our home and we have a beautiful backyard and was able to find an incredible gardener who helped me build a garden. And it's something that's brought me so much joy and so much. I love to garden, but the initial vision, like creating it and and um, planting and everything um, initially was a really huge project. Um, and that just got me kickstarted. And so almost anything that creatively comes to mind that I really would love to have in my life you know, having resources and assistance has been able to help me with that. And probably the most potent one right now is I'm on a 12-month sabbatical right now. And I would never have been able to take 12 months off if it hadn't been for the investment that I made in my assistant and the, the help that she's provided me over these last several years. And I kept her while I was, while I've been on sabbatical because I, there is no way. It is a complete hmm. non-negotiable. I will never lose her. Hmm. And I just, you know, we made an agreement to reduce hours. She's like, well, you know, it's, it's great because my, it's summertime with my kids. And so we just worked at this arrangement and she said, I will work with you forever. And that it's just it's such a non-negotiable now for me not to have those resources in my life and to have a 12-month sabbatical where we were able to travel around the world and you know reconnect with each other and with nature and with other cultures was probably one i mean it was the true bucket list for, for us mm. and uh, just a, drip, a trip of a lifetime.
2: Mm. That's awesome. Thank you so much yeah. for sharing.
1: You're
2: welcome. Scott anything come up with you that that you've been able to live a deeper level of fulfillment since your personal assistant came on? Anything that come I mean, I know you do so much as well. Just anything that came to mind or that jumps out at you?
0: Yeah, sure, probably the biggest and most recent thing for me was being able to take a four month adventure honeymoon with Michelle. I mean that alone was an absolute trip of a lifetime bucket list item and just so honored that we were able to do that. And having an assistant that I had that was in the same time zone to assist me because I was still working occasionally while I was away was paramount in that. And I think when you look at the deeper fundamental reason and the overall benefit, it really comes down to freedom, You know, freedom to live the desired lifestyle that you want to do. Freedom to start doing the things that you're just more passionate about. And I believe at the end of the day, it's really why we're here on this earth is to really express the things that we love to do. And when we're able to do that, the I think the world is just such a better place. And so, you know, freedom to do other tasks to get things done. Freedom to take time off. You know, when I did start my own business... Back in 2008, um, I really had the intention to have it remote, to really have this digital nomad lifestyle. It's when the iPhone really first came out. And, you know, that was one of the things that allowed me to do that was technology. And then later on, having a personal assistant to really do things when I'm, when I'm off the grid. You know, those times when I can't connect or I go to Burning Man or those times when I don't even have access to a cell phone or very, very limited access to have someone that can keep my life flowing. As much as I love unplugging and as much as I love, you know, just relaxing or taking these vacations, there's still a part of me that has such a huge vested stake and interest and passion in building these other things in my life. And they're not all just businesses, but it's also part of my, you know, outreach, you know, being able to do the podcast that we're talking on now to be able to do that while I was overseas and then to have my personal assistant take care of all the background work. So, you know, ultimately, I think it really comes down to freedom and then to go back to something that you mentioned earlier, Josh, you know, when I was looking for my personal assistant and trying to find the right fit, I knew that I would probably have to go through a few different candidates to find that right alignment. And I can tell you from my personal experience that when you do find that right person, that not only aligns with the task that you're doing, but the right person I feel will also align with Your mission and what you're trying to do, even if it's not their mission. I can't tell you how many times that I've had my assistant, you know, help me research, um, you know, for our vacation or help me put together some of these blog posts that I'm doing or just do some research on something that I'm really passionate about. And I can't tell you how many times they've come back to me and said, Oh my gosh, you know, going through this research for you. I just found X, Y, and Z, or wow, I found this so interesting that I bought this person's book, or, you know, whatever it happens to be, that they're actually getting some type of external value from working with you because of some of the projects that you have them engaged in. And I can't tell you how many times that they've gotten just a ton of benefit from, you know, doing that type of work. Now, they may not have the same type of passion or the exact type of interest, but I will tell you that there'll be this really amazing overlap on what you're doing. And so intrinsically, they're is almost like this extra incentive for them to really help you and I think above and beyond all of that there's a greater sense of job satisfaction knowing that they are really supporting something that they find valuable and I think that in that in itself is is so beautiful and so beneficial
2: you know it's it's so funny I'm I'm smiling and kind of laughing out loud to myself because One thing I've been thinking of (laughs) is I'm such a talker that a lot of times I process externally to solve things, and I get so much on my mind lately I've been running and doing other stuff, but I haven't thought about – I would really, as you were just – as both of you were talking, I was like, I really love somebody that's totally jazzed about the stuff that I'm doing that I could call and process with, but it's not necessarily – that I need an answer. <laughs> it's just, I need like somebody that's present and listening that I can talk it through and get clarity on. That's not my partner, right? Or that's not, um, somebody in my personal life that I'm having to, cause I'm, I have so much energy running through there. If you will, I'd like to have that space to process with them so that I can solve it all. And then I can show up with my partner and a little calmer, way if that makes sense <laughs> so that's i really great. like what you're saying because i'm thinking of all these tasks but a whole other area that just hit me is i'm like wow the emotional side but not in a like i need them to coach me or solve my problems but literally just somebody to externally process like man i got this on my i need to talk through this um and them to be present and listen so i'm excited i think i'm definitely in um it's just a matter of how fast you know and and i think doing a little bit of prep work
0: oh that's beautiful josh yeah, I have no doubt that this is going to be so incredibly beneficial for you. And so the one recommendation I have for you, Josh, and actually to our audience in general or anybody else who's in this same type of stage and just thinking about taking these next steps. I mentioned I mentioned this many times before that the first step is always the hardest step is how do you set yourself up for success? Right? How do you tip the scales for the the success failure threshold? in your favor. And so, you know, like if you're going to start off meditating or starting a diet, you know, don't go to meditate 45 minutes a day because it's not sustainable. You'll do it for about a week. It's the whole new year syndrome. You'll get really into it. It's not sustainable. Then you'll burn yourself out. So, you know, start meditating two minutes a day and then maybe increase it to three minutes a day. So as you're starting to commit yourself to bringing on somebody, what I would suggest is, what you might want to do is say, look, for the next three months, I am going to commit myself to a minimum of three months and I'm going to commit a certain amount of dollars to this endeavor. And so it doesn't have to be full time. So here's a, here's a rough example or, you know, a possible scenario is commit yourself to three months and say, for the first three months, I'm going to commit myself to, you know, this many hours and I'm going to commit myself to, I'm going to use a random number, maybe $400 a month or $200 a month or $600 a month. That Every month, no matter what, I'm going to spend $300 and that's just going to be committed and that's already going to be spent. And so I don't have to think about it. And then once you have that allocated, then you can worry about the tasks, and and everything else. But commit yourself to a minimum of three months and then a minimum budget. And then from after those three months, then you can decide, A is this right for you? And then B, how do we adjust and how do we pivot? But once you kind of make that declaration, what it does is it frees up a lot of mental bandwidth and a lot of mental space that you don't have to think about, okay, well, how many hours and this and that. So when you actually hire someone on, you can even say, look, I'm still getting into this. I'm still testing these waters, but here's what I will commit to. And then you know, whatever happens after these three months, because it is a probationary period, you want to see if they're the right fit for you, and then vice versa, if, if um, you know, th- you're the right fit for them as well. And then from there, you guys can decide if you want to further the relationship, add more hours, or whatever it happens to be. So I, I think that might be a really good starting point for a lot of people out there. Um, and so then as we close this up, I, you know, really want to, first of all, thank Josh for being so vulnerable and (laughs) sharing, you know, his process about wanting to move more into this area. And then above all, I really want to thank my beautiful wife, Michelle, who, to be honest, has just been such an amazing inspiration for me to move forward on this. And, you know, I think the level of how I have some type of assistant in my life may vary It may go up or down depending on the activity and where I am in my life, but it's really created this muscle. And more importantly, it's really created this mindset on using somebody else to help me further my reach. And so, you know, I I just really want to thank you for, you know, sharing your expertise and, you know, sharing all of your experience with all of our listeners.
1: Yeah, no, thank you so much for letting me join in the conversation. It was really fun. It's a topic I'm very obsessed with, and I think it would be great if we can just share stories with each other about how we are using, as I'm learning every single day of opportunities where it's to make the experiences and the the relationship with my assistant, a win-win. So as you guys uh, have more stories and and start to test the waters more, then I'd love to hear those too because it can spark right ideas in me of, of other ways to keep progressing down this path. So thank you very much. It was an honor to be on, on the call.
0: Yeah, I think that sounds fun. I think we'll do a follow-up here in a couple months Absolutely. That sounds great. And for anybody else that has any questions or would like to get some feedback from Michelle directly or any questions for us on this show topic, please feel free to visit masteringfulfillment.com and you can contact us there. Till the next episode with much love and deep respect. If you enjoyed this show, we would be so grateful if you left a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. This helps us out immensely. Thank you so much. Are you ready to take your personal, relational, or business fulfillment to the next level? With one-on-one personal support, co-developed strategies, and accountability, Scott and Joshua have the tools, compassion, and years of experience helping people just like you live an extraordinary life. Visit masteringfulfillment.com for details.